Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Bonehead Podcast where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Bloodtithe Ben. Hello, Ben. How are you doing, man? You okay? Yep. Great as always. Great as always. Good, good, good. Thanks very much for coming on the show again, Ben. Uh, and we're joined by a third chair, returning guest of the show, and Tombstone 2019 winner, Sam Frenzy Garner. Hiya. How are you doing? <laughs> really good, thanks. How are you, Sam? You all right? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Surviving. Good, 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 good. Uh, so thanks uh, very much for joining us as well, Sam. So Ben, can you tell us what we're talking about on the, today's episode? Yep, today we're going to be talking about Wandering Monsters, some <laughs> wildcard players, and the usual games, hobby, and star players. Fantastic. So we've got Sam on here uh, because we had him on a few episodes ago. Um, he's a local club member. He's a genuinely actually a tournament pro, which is quite entertaining as you've been to like two Blood Bowl tournaments, Sam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, only, only two. <laughs> two. Uh, but- Three, if you count Hangover. Uh, ooh, I don't know. If we take Hangover out of the out of the equation, you, you've won fifty percent of all the tournaments you've been to. That's, yeah, uh, I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's not bad. But uh, Sam came up with some rules for Wandering Monsters, and with a Bonehead podcast, we like to explore Blood Bowl because more Blood Bowl is more better. And uh, we love big guys. We love crazy rules, uh, and it seemed like a great opportunity to just talk about some 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 great design work there, and uh, also some wild card players uh, that we spoke about with uh, almost everybody on social media and in the Discord and things. So it's going to be a round table episode where we talk about different ways to play the game. So uh, I'm quite excited. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, will be uh, full of blood bowl anecdotes as well. So. Uh, if you guys are good to go, we will move in to news. Okay, it's time for news, and we do actually have a couple of bits to talk about today. So let's pop on over to this page here. So first up is the Legends of the North Norse Fantasy Football Team version 2.0. Ben, I think we touched on this one last episode. Yep, yeah, we've we've seen this um, a few times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, game. we have seen it a few times. They tried it once before. I'm not sure if it was successfully backed or not. Uh, well, I don't know, maybe they pulled it? Did they pull it? Oh, I can't remember. Um, and last episode, I think we looked at... Did we look at the preview as opposed to the actual live Kickstarter? Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. No, it's live now, and they've already hit their target um over eight and a half thousand pounds against a target of seven and a half thousand pounds and they are some great norse minis sam have you uh have you had a chance to look at these guys i'm just browsing them right now actually while you guys are chatting and um i'm quite pleased with them yeah they've got that true scale look they're they're taller mm. than i think it's all proportion I mean, they're, wise they're vikings they've got big beards and you know the 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 uh, pop culture horned helmets. I love it. <laughs> the uh, the big giant guy is my favourite. So, yeah, I agree. Very Game of Thrones. It is super Game of Thrones, isn't it? I mean, the Yeti star player is great, but that giant, who isn't particularly giant, and only priced at fourteen euros, he's not likely to be particularly massive. Um, still, mm. such a cool model. It, they've got the Wolf Warriors, which are cool wolf guys that look like they're from Underworld. Uh, there's a cool wizard there. Price-wise, it's not bad either. 
Um, £54 for a 12-man team, including the Yeti. Yeah, that's really decent. Mm. I mean, that's not bad for Kickstarter price. And they've got the classic €70 Euros one. Uh, £62, 14 guys. Uh, Yeti, two runners, two berserkers, two throwers, two Ulf runners, five linemen, and stretch goals unlocked as well. And it looks like you can get resin or metal. Um, I know, uh, I know, Ben. I think you're probably done with metal now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if you're on the fence, you have no idea. Probably go. With <laughs> How about you, uh, Sam? You're a you're an old school fantasy battle guy. You must be fine with metal meters. <coughs> have you have you evolved? Yeah, absolutely. As well? No, well, I've never liked resin to be honest. Um, that might just be the Games Workshop oh. resin in particular. Failcast did some damage. <clears throat> No, yeah, uh, but there's something about you know the weight of a uh, of the old metal minis. That's uh, you know. that's what I love about Fanath is their their stuff is generally metal. Although I think I might have accidentally ordered a resin dwarf team. I think Ben, you've probably absolutely ordered a resin one. I have absolutely ordered a resin. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, so um, stretch goals for these guys. They've unlocked the bomber dwarf, which is pretty cool sculpt. Uh, Again, same proportions. It's interesting to see a dwarf with uh, the kind of bigger body, smaller head that matches this style of team. Now, it, it's not cartoony or anything. It it looks more realistic, I think, than the heroic scale. But it's still quite a cool model. And next up is the 11,000 uh, free runner. Uh, 12.5 is a captain. 14K is a free werebear, which is quite a cool model as well. Yeah, I love him. It almost looks like he's got more of a cat face than a bear face. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll as take a it. wear team player. Love it. Well, yeah, as the wear team pro. Absolutely. Um, we'll get that far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got more wins with the wear team than anyone else I know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there, yeah, so that is going to be finishing in six days' time. So that will be over at 5 p.m. British Standard Time on Saturday, May 16th. So if you're listening to this podcast on the day of release, you may have just hours to back it if you haven't seen it already. Um, but no, quite a cool one there. Right, what do we got up next? What's next on the list? It is the Fantasy Football Miniatures Resin and Metal Spectacle. Have you guys seen this one? I am looking at this for the first time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this uh, ties into some Kickstarters that these guys have done before. And when they did Kickstarters before, they were just for the SDL files. Um, basically, uh, here we go. And generic miniatures, we've always had a thorn in our foot because we haven't been able to release our first steps in the fantasy football world as physical models. Our crowdfundings for digital release of the first two teams were successful, but we always knew that if we really wanted to get into the fantasy football audience, we would need to release the teams in physical form. And here it is. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember, it was the the, the, the team that was branded as the, uh, the Nazi team. Oh, I, I remember this. Yeah, the the, the Deathcore of Krieg. Uh, yes, players. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Deathcore is absolutely bang on. Deathcore, or the kind of bad guys you would see in Hellboy. Uh, I, I mean, the sculpting, <laughs> the sculpts of this team are really, really cool. Um, amazing. The yeah. branding originally was terrible. Fortunately, I think they've moved on far enough now that when you take all that Nazi stuff away, it doesn't look World War Two. It looks World War One. Yeah, um, I agree yeah. with that. And Death Corp of Krieg is a, a an army style in Warhammer, forty thousand, which is just very World War One trench 
gas masks. I actually really like this team. Um, I'm really, I don't know, whether it's been a year to kind of get used to the fact. Um, I really like the sculpts. I think they've done quite a good job. And did you see the ogre? The, oh, one yeah, the... Well, like the mech. Yeah, the big mech guy uh, with the helmet. It's it's a very, very cool team. And um, I know Rich was super into it. He may even have bought the STL files. Ben, if he has, I imagine you're going to get a message at some point. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> now you are the 3D printing master, the fabricator general of the Wobble Crew. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just the Black, Crop, but the Black Cross Worshippers, which is what they rebranded the team as. It's not just that team. There's some uh, cheerleaders as well um, and a couple of other bits uh, that you can get hold of actually created in resin and metal. I think focusing on this one uh, for the Black Cross Worshippers is probably the best way to do it. So if we look at the prices, so Black Cross Worshippers, £55.00. Uh, whole human team uh, printed in high quality metal, which is cool. So I, I guess that's actually just a metal printing, not a metal casting. That's got to stress you out, Ben. Yeah, yeah, it does a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> much rather see the resin there, but yeah, no. Uh... Uh, what it doesn't say, however, is what is actually in the team. Oh my goodness. Right, so £55 is 22 players. Uh, eight blitzers. Weird choice, but okay. Eight blitzers, eight linemen, two throwers, two catchers, and one big miniature of the ogre position. So the ogre. So there's a there's a picture on the page where there's an absolute ton of players lined up, and you get the whole lot, including the big guy, for fifty five pounds. That's really impressive. Right? Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, given that RNE Studios was doing the um, the STL files for a human team or an or an orc team for fifty dollars. For fifty-five pounds, you can have this team with more players printed out and sent to you. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, if you were ever a fan of that brilliantly branded team, um, this is your time. Uh, I think we really need to let Rich know about this because fifty-five pounds is not bad for a really unique team. And mm. I mean, one of the worst bits of feedback that came out about it is people were like, "Why are these people playing Blood Bowl? Like the style doesn't fit." But it looks like they've had a bit of a redesign. They've got the big shoulder pads where you can number them up. Um, I think it's a really interesting way to get a team, uh, a really unique team. Um, they've got some elves as well. The elves are kind of tall looking. Um, they look a bit like a mobile app game would. <laughs> <laughs> I think is probably the best way to describe it. But the Black Cross Worshippers team, uh, definitely worth checking out. What do you guys think of that team? Yeah, I think it's solid. I think um, I can see, obviously... I think there's still an element of, you know, it looks doesn't look entirely Blood Bowl, but I think the redesign helps, like you say. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd definitely like to see this on the pitch at some point. Yeah. Um, probably I not think... one I will be backing, but definitely one to keep your eye out. I'm kind of torn. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that ogre is really cool. The miniatures are cool. And I think they take paint really easily. But um, yeah, definitely. it's around about whether that team is filling any gaps in the model lineup at the moment. And thanks to uh, something I'll talk about in hobby, I've uh, created a bigger backlog of work, or at least a bigger, oh, no. bigger wish list. Anyway, so that is uh, Fantasy Football Miniatures Resin and Metal Spectacle uh, by somebody on Kickstarter. Where have you gone? 
by generic miniatures. Generic okay. miniatures. Good, good job. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, just look for fantasy football miniatures resin by generic miniatures on <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> Uh, fortunately, the link is in the show notes, so uh, it'll be easy to find. <laughs> right, next up, we've got more 3D printable stuff. Uh, Pirate of the Orc Bay. I'm assuming it's supposed to be pirates. This is pirate orc themed miniatures for collectors or Blood Bowl players. STI, STL files for 3D printer. They've smashed their target here. Uh, the target was £353. They're at 741 with 22 days to go. So that's Monday, June the 1st. What do you guys reckon to these? Well, I mean, no surprise there, because these are beautiful. This is orcs, orcs, orcs. So what we've got here are the STL files for a whole bunch of orcs. They are, I would say, mildly pirate-themed. I wouldn't say the pirate theme was absolutely ransacked through. I think there's just one guy with a hat. Uh, and a goblin with a cannon, which is the bombardier. Oh my god, that's brilliant! It is, isn't it? <laughs> that is so brilliant. Uh, these goblins are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, these goblins they are great. They really are. Right, let's have a quick look the, at what the, the. Sorry, mate, go for it. I'm going say the fanatic. Is that an anchor? Is he, is he holding an anchor? He, he is, is yeah. holding an anchor. You've got the doom diver with a bit of sail flying in the air. Not sure what the pogo is riding on. No, I'm not sure either. Uh, no, not sure. Just looks like a bag of loot or something. Chainsaw, classic. You can't go wrong with the chainsaw. <clears throat> and the ooligans on a on a treasure chest, which is pretty cool. Uh, with a foam finger. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Thirteen pounds. You are a mighty pirate, Mister Brush. You are fully backing. Uh, you will get STL files of the main core, fifteen miniatures, and pre-supported version. And stretch goals, six miniatures, uh, plus pre-supported ver- version. And there is a merchant level at £36 um, with the possibility of selling the prints, however, with some limits. Read in the story. Thanks a lot for your support. So the page itself has got the classic guideline. It doesn't have the Wolverine guy. It has an orc lineman for scale reference. And the scale is about right, I reckon, guys. What do you, what do you think? Bang on. And they're 3D printable. You can kind of make them as big as you want. Uh, That is a very good point, and you would know all about that. The fact that they are uh, pre-supported, Ben, how much of a pain is that going to be? That's, like, I can't stress how much value that adds. Like, it does take a long time to support these models, and obviously if you miss, like, one thing, you then have to do it again. So in terms of the time saved, you know, consider how much you might get paid hourly at work, (laughs) and factor that into how long it takes to support. You can kind of work out, like how much that can cost in time so yeah it, it's that's the fact you can get them pre-supported for 13 quid it's insane okay so i think uh, for the for the good of the bonehead podcast i need to back this and just gift you the files for you to print at your own leisure then ben <laughs> yeah i'm not backing myself though so <laughs> i was already hovering over the backers project button when you were uh, talking. <laughs> i was thinking should i do this live on air uh, do i want people to see my login uh so pirate of the Orc bay they've got linemen there's a go with a cannon there's a whole load of detail a whole load of detail on these guys but the blitzers for me ben and sam mm. what do you think to these guys oh, so good is that the guy like chugging ale uh, no, that's the ones just about to... The, the bits are the ones with the old school oh, helmets. Yeah. And yeah, the, that is old school. No, no, the first thing that I thought for these guys is um, in Warhammer 40,000, there's a unit called Storm Boys where orcs fly around <laughs> and they've got yeah. jetpacks. 
these guys with jetpacks would be immediately interesting stallboys. Yeah, they really would actually. Yeah, they're really dynamic. I think it's the the third one. Is that is that? Has he got like a bear trap on his? Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. On his elbow. <laughs> yeah, as some kind of pauldron. Uh, so there's people chugging ale. There's people with big claw hands. There's there's the thrower. Uh, two two throwers, two which are basic. One's a pirate captain, one's a guy with a big ball shooter, and the big guy. The big guy's a bit of a nuisance because although it's got a very cool peg leg, it's got a massive club, which is just not yeah. massively blood bowl. I thought it was like a fantasy model. Um, but you know what? For the price of £13 for the STL files to be able to print it yourself, if you've got access to a printer, that I cannot stress. It's £13 if you've got a printer. It's 313 if you don't. Uh, so it's always to bear in mind, but right now, uh, if the STL files come down in June, this you could get this and print it yourself before any other Kickstarter even starts delivering. It even starts making the models. And they've got, are these actual pictures of the printed models there? Or are they just... Uh, what, the photos? Yeah, with the, with the red the backgrounds. backgrounds. It looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, there's there's bits of um, flash and stuff on the sculpt so yeah I think it is uh, I think it's fair to say that there's a bit of a cartoony element here that kind mm -hmm. of I think that's why they reminded me of the Storm Boys is because it kind of goes back to late 90s Games Workshop I think yeah um, I I wouldn't back these guys just because they don't I've got quite a particular uh, way that I like the teams to look I'm not into like the gimmicky kind of teams you know like the Goblin teams I think we were talking about this the other day actually yeah, uh, goblin teams always seem to get you know. I've seen like a Gotham one, uh, uh, the D the DC ones, the clown yeah. ones. Yeah, they look fantastic, and I'm sure lots of people love them. But I, I don't wouldn't like to play with them. They look, they look too busy because they're you know I mean? too too busy, too stylized. They don't. They yeah. gem generally those kind of ones don't. They don't have a cohesive form. Um, mm. uh, it's a shame there's no generic goblins that there's just the star player goblins. Uh, as well so but i don't think that matters too much still really really cool and uh really good to see because orcs are great for blood bowl um regardless of how you feel about the team they enter the theme and talking about orcs we go to the next and last piece of miniatures news that we could rustle up which was uh grievo games have previewed one of the orcs from their new team which is unsurprisingly going to be an orc team um guys what what do you think to, to this that grievo are doing i mean this is grievo this is good I think <laughs> Grebo and good models go hand in hand. Um, yeah, like the preview print they did, or yeah. the the cast looks just. I think it looks better than the photos on their actual it's, page. It, it's the classic uh, black ink method, isn't it? And it works mm -hmm. a treat. So, yeah. um, as for style with these orc ones, they they look. If you looked at it without knowing it was an orc, I'm not sure if you would think it was an orc or an ogre. I was going to say that actually. That the face is quite ogrey. The face and kind of the shape of the body, it's it's yeah. uh, less hunched. I mean, I like that. I mean, it's its a kind of a, a modern take on fantasy where it's kind of like orcs aren't that different from humans. They just mm. are a bit bigger and a bit thicker. Um, but yeah, I would say this, this these guys look more like tiny ogres than, than orcs. But that does not take away from the fact that they are very, very cool. They look awesome, and I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to paint them green, no one's going to dispute the fact they're an orc, are they? No, absolutely not. Uh, it might be the tusks. It's got to be well. a, um, a black orc, right? 
the what? photo they previewed on the Facebook of the uh, the cast up miniature, the cast in yes. metal miniature. Uh, yeah, um, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, you never know with these guys. They could just make even bigger orcs. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Do do like a black orc. So that wraps it up for miniatures news. And uh, the last bit to to add um, is looking at. Uh, just talking about a tournament that's going on at the moment, which is Lockdown Bowl, um, which has been run by Rob from Secret Carnage, who runs the North Wales Carnage Cup and the Secret Carnage Cup. Uh, put together a fumble tournament. There's uh, 22 participants now, which is great, and it's all around raising money for Doctors Without Borders. Uh, he was selling dice to get uh, money raised, and I think it's it hit basically £300, which is cool. But... Um, he might still have dice. I don't know if uh, if he's all maxed out and sold out yet. But uh, get in contact if you want to donate or support Doctors Without Borders. The whole idea is that the epidemic that's going on in the world, or pandemic, I'm not sure which way it's levelled up, um, is a worldwide thing. And Blood Bowl players are a worldwide species, and it makes sense to raise money for a worldwide cause. Um, so if you are able to support in any way, shape, or form, then that would be great. But if you are not, or if you already have, uh, just check out some of the coverage that we're doing for the event. Um, you'll see it on all the social media channels. We're streaming uh, coverage of the Fumble games themselves. So if you're up for some retro graphics, but some really heart-wrenchingly horrific die rolls and Blood Bowl pain, then please uh, jump into the Facebook Live or Twitch videos or just check out the replays on YouTube. Um, chap called uh, Matt's BBL uh, has jumped on a couple of times and been a co-commentator and he's streaming a he's streaming coverage of a game right now as we record between the Ethereal team and the and a Halfling team. So that's going to be a tough matchup. Um, and that's uh, the Ethereal team is actually Stephen uh, who was on the he did some rules for sevens and then I played a sevens game with him. Nice guy. But yeah, check out the coverage for that and. Um, just, yeah, just play some Blood Bowl. You'll definitely get your sports fix from this, aren't you? I am. I, it's incredibly <laughs> noticeable, I know. Um, yeah, man, I've been doing match round predictions and everything. I'm five <laughs> out of six for this round now. Uh, and a touchdown has just been scored on turn seven of the first half, leading towards my prediction here. So I could be going six out of seven by the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm playing my game tomorrow night. I'm running the Snotling team because obviously... Uh, it's it's all about snotlings at the moment. Um, yeah, pump wagons. Uh, I did awfully in my first game. Like literally, it was garbage. It was the worst. But <laughs> we'll talk about that in uh, in hobby and games played. Um, as for news, guys, have I missed anything? Is there anything else going on in the Blood Bowl or Warhammer world that we want to uh, mention to our listeners? I don't think so. It's been honestly, it's quite a busy week for news. Uh, yeah, which I'm pleased at because uh, this point now games workshop is kind of reopening for orders which is good um but uh post is still taking its sweet time and obviously companies and things are still closed and obviously it goes without saying we hope everyone out there is taking care of themselves and keeping safe but yeah it'd be nice for the world to get back to normal uh, so we can get more models because it's weird that everyone is painting the models they have now it makes me a little bit uncomfortable um, <laughs> And talking about painting models we own and not being able to buy stuff, let's uh, let's move on to a hobby. All right, let's talk some hobby. We got kind of sidetracked in between the segments talking about everything, including Starship Troopers. Great film. Recommend it. Great book too. Um, <laughs> talking about uh, hobby and nonsense, guys, what have you been painting? What have you been doing? What have you been printing? Go for Sam Hobbywise. What have you been up to? 
I have been tackling the uh, Savage Orc Horde. Or oh, Savage Orcs, sorry. Yes. As there. Um, they will always <clears> be Savage Orcs. Those miniatures were designed as Savage Orcs, and you can't yeah. uh, you can't George Lucas them and change them to something else. <laughs> My favourite part about them is that you know the one box, the one kit, pretty much makes everything you need apart from characters. <laughs> you, know, you, you buy the box of Orcs, and it's, it's uh, Savage Orcs, uh, some more boys... Uh, Arrow Boys, Big Stabbers. It's, it's, it's all there. I say except characters, but I made a 40k weird boy out of that box. It's well, so yeah, that's, exactly. <laughs> if, if you're happy to kit bash, there's plenty yeah. of things done as well. Uh, that's something I do miss. That, that, that kit must have been from uh, 7th or 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And now they've got it. Yeah. A bit earlier than that. But they've gone into uh, AOS now, um, Age of Sigmar, and. The kits are so specific. Uh, there's no like build this unit as this, as this, as this. The um, the Sigmarines have the Paladin unit, which you can build as three slightly different units. And really, all it is is maybe a different head type and a different end of the weapon. Uh, but no, having those Savage Orcs kits now, Sam, that Savage Orc kit, I I've been eyeing up as a. a an orc corn team basically or a savage orc team all their arms are they waving up in the air uh some some are up in the air some are um sort of at right angles down by their waist it depends on the body so you got <clears throat> a couple of the bodies are designed so that both the arms are upright and the rest of them are designed so that one's up and one's down does that make sense yeah no that does make sense so what i'm really asking is is there a blood bowl team in there Absolutely. Oh. If, you, if you don't mind snipping off like uh, weapons here and there, we I mean, even, even some some of the weapons are because the Arab boys have um, shivs instead of choppers, so it's just like a, a a punch mitt, basically like a you know a glove made of um, bones that they punch people with. So that that fits right in with perfect Mr. Mr. Wolverine from the human team. Oh, that is very cool, and uh, love love the Wolverine from the human team. Let's have a look. I'm just looking at them on the on the web store now, uh, because with corn uh, and with the Savage Orc team, you know you can differentiate some positionals. But all mm. you really need, I'm thinking, Savage Orcs are a great representation of that. Uh, armor eight, strength three, frenzy. I think it fits real good. And um, you you've painted yours brilliantly, and that's really made me think. Oh, this would be a really cool project. Um, but again, I've been talking about that since the since the corn episode we did. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to pull the trigger now that uh, shops are online. Shops are kind of opening and they're getting the supplies a bit more. I think one of the easiest things you can do for positionals with that is just different coloured wall paint. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean right. that's, that's what, apart that easily. Yeah, that's what the original Blood Bowl was. It was just a different coloured base edge. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, well I was thinking maybe some of the um, the brutes. Is it the the guys on forty mil bases as black orcs, um, that works. Really oh, the well. art boys, the 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 proper orcs. Yeah, the the, the big uruk guys. Yeah. Uh, for the for the big positionals, but these guys to make just your ordinary linemen, I think that would work a treat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Ben? Getting any hobby in the go? Uh, yeah, quite a lot. Um, I've been painting some space orcs. Some space um, orcs. Yeah, some forty k orcs. Uh, so less fantasy than St. Sam's. Um, but I'll be painting, and I think a few of us club have been working on a model. Yeah, the Wobble Team Challenge. Yeah. So I'm just finishing him off as we record. 
Oh, wicked. Um, but classic last minute, I think, deadline's tomorrow. Oh, I haven't even started mine. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's classic Ben fashion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got loads of time. Sam mentioned this before the episode. Uh, today was Saturday, and I ordered a couple of um, players from uh, Windsor Chog. Because uh, I was like, oh, a great opportunity to pick up a couple of players, a couple of their high elf players, and just paint one up. And uh, Saturday, I was like, I'm going to wait because the post might come. The post has not come. Uh, so tomorrow, I'll be painting a, model, a, middle, a, a miniature in the morning. But yeah, anyway, you're getting on all right with yours. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's mostly done now. Um, yeah, it's been quite fun. Uh, I think because we've, we've kept it all a secret from everyone. So we have had no updates from anyone. So we don't know how people have done. We don't know whose model is who. What model people have even done? So yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the real. Um, so what we did, uh, guys out there, is we just uh, put a poll up in our group, uh, in our club's Facebook page, and uh, got everyone to vote for a couple of for a few colours. With the colours getting the most votes being the two we chose, and we ended up going for black and lime green, which are very much the wobble colours and essentially the bonehead podcast colours as well. Uh, and that was going to be the paint scheme, and everyone just had to grab a spare model that they would use for Blood Bowl and paint it up in the team colours so that we can, uh, for this painting challenge at the end of it, have a wobble team photo when the world reopens with all the miniatures represented. I think it would be really, really cool. And it's completely inspired by the 100 chapters challenge for Warhammer 40,000 with yes, the Space Marines. We, yeah, we did that as well, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm looking forward to starting mine this week. Uh, I got grey and yellow, which is one of my favourite colour schemes. So I'm really happy with that. I had a had a six mil fan, a six mil sci-fi army painted in that colour before. Oh really? Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, grey with yellow, yellow makes it pop. Really happy with that. So that's cool. Iron Warrior scheme, that's good. Uh, yeah, lighter grey, a lighter grey than there. Lighter grey. Yeah, no, that's cool. How about uh, how about you, Sam? Have you can't remember what you said about your team challenge model. I ended up not participating in the end. Oh. I was really, I was really looking forward to it, but um, I've got no spare Blood Bowl minis kicking around. <laughs> so I've got my undead team still to paint. Yeah, um, and the orc team that came with the box. Oh, it's such a good. Ooh, I, wow. to, I still don't know what to paint the orcs to this day. But uh, the other day, my brother, I was chatting to him, and uh, and basically, I'm going to hand the orcs over to him. Oh, brilliant! I did. Uh, I did that to Milton with uh, with my kit. It's yeah. always good. First team's free. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually we went halves on the box on the, the Blood Bowl. You know, the, the starter set. The starter set. We went halves on that, and then he went ahead and bought a dwarf team anyway, and was like, "Just keep the orcs." <laughs> you know, that's what me, Craig, and Ian did when we when it first when it first came out. We got the box and we got. Uh, the Skaven team. I took the Skaven team. Ian took the humans, and Craig took the orcs. I'm not sure he's ever done anything with the orcs, but that's how it all started when 2016 hit. And then, of course, uh, just, just all the teams now forever. Uh, are you going to be picking up a Snotling team when it comes out, Sam? <clears throat> um, possibly. I've got. I've actually got goblins on the way. Oh, cool! I picked myself up. I don't know if you saw actually. I I, I was on the Narin, and uh, Milton enabled me a little bit. <laughs> he was he was just chatting about goblin teams i think and it got me talking was it a about... third party team it is yeah it's, it'll be my first third party uh team oh what team did you get what team did you pick up uh, willy miniatures willy miniatures goblins yeah yeah uh, well, let's have a look at these bad boys they're they're doing a sale uh because of the lockdown so i think you type in the voucher code stay at home 25 percent off 
the team. Uh, it's very Sam, funny. how have you? Yeah. Not, how did you not mention that in news? Honestly, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind. Honestly, I, I just I'm not a big fan of the Games Workshop Goblin team just because it's you know. £22.50 for the, the team. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's the most unfortunate of all the teams. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I think, I, I think they learned their lesson with that, though, because every other team has got loads of positionals and stuff. So, yeah. It, um, it just irks me that, that 12 of their, basically, linesmen is the same price as 14 undead players with all of the positionals. Oh, the undead team, though, is, is a is an incredible value. Like, we were genuinely all surprised, I think, that the Mumby wasn't an individual big guy. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Right, so oh, the, the stars are cool. I like the trolls; they're very classic. Are you going to yeah, be? Yeah, real classic. Uh, I like this team. This is really good, Sam. They're quite not basic, but I think they're quite old school. They are the old un- school, unmistakably blood bar goblins. Yeah, yeah, which is just fantastic. Very much so. You put them on a pitch; everyone's going to know what it is. They don't come with the new um, secret weapon, the, the doom diver and the hooligan. Uh, easily made very yes. easy I'll either, I'll either have to make some or end cool. up looking out for the um forge world set uh, I, yeah i mean that's that's not a bad modeling opportunity but there's a guy there's a goblin with uh one leg up in the air and one arm up in the air you could easily put a flag or something on him to get you yeah uh and i think a couple of people have just stuck wings to goblins to get that doom diver but you really need the doom diver if you're going to be playing with Blood Bowl 2016 rules, the Doom Diver is ubiquitous. Am I right, Ben? He is the best player on the team. Yeah. Hands down. And then if you induce Ripper, it's just basically an automatic touchdown. I mean, there's, there's a, a bit of hyperbole um, there. I think I made a Doom Diver with the, one of the Storm Boy rockets. Like, not the big thing, but like something that sticks on the big thing. Because yeah. more Goblin scale. And that works. I mean, if you appreciate if you can sort of get over the tech. But they have chainsaws. They can have jet they've got yeah. chainsaws. They've got death rollers. They've got um, yeah, like exactly. televisions, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about Blood Bowl is Wizards did it. It's a legitimate excuse. Yes. <laughs> and I love that so much. Um, yeah. that, that Willy Miniatures team is really, really cool, Sam. Um, so, hobby-wise, uh, what have I been working on? So, been spending a lot of time playing Fumble. And in Fumble, there are some really interesting teams. Now, I know that you guys know this because you played against them or with them in Tombstone. Um, And a couple of teams have taken my fancy. The Samurai team, the Nippon team, is amazing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the Nippon team in any way, shape or form. It's got four Samurais, which are basically just human blitzers, literally just human blitzers. So I've been looking at Puppets War for some Samurai heads, stick them on human blitzers, done mm-hmm. some ashigaru which are the linemen they are again exactly the same stats i think as a human lineman and i'm i'm trying to find two models to be ninjas because they've got ninjas and their movement eight uh strength two edge four armor seven so uh almost a gutter runner and they come with dodge and leap wow really really interesting player player type and i'm just trying to track down two models that would suit up the same size as a human team in blood bowl uh, because that team is absolutely gagging to be played because uh, it's not overpowered, but it's it's consistent and it's just so much fun with the ninjas. So I've been brewing up that one. And uh, the other team I think you particularly, Ben, will love is the Zinch team. Mm-hmm. This is Tell the not the horrors. This is not the horrors team. The horrors team is very interesting. Everyone's got to throw teammate, which is <laughs> which is really wow, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the Zinch team is a chaos team. 
and uh, they've got Chaos Warriors, but their Chaos Warriors come with Hypnogaze and extra arms, which is mm -hmm. very cool. And their Beastmen, they have Beastmen um, kind of like, you know, like the Pestigors and Positionals? They're, they have Zangors, which I know yep. you're familiar with, Ben. And these okay. guys are Beastmen, but they come with extra arms and big hand. So they Ooh. are picking up a ball anywhere on a 2+. plus. The, That's really nice. It's really cool. The caveat to the team is that they have no linemen. Their linemen are familiars, and they are movement 6, strength 1, edge 3, armor 6, snotlings, uh, that instead of having sidestep, they have foul appearance. Okay. It's a really interesting team. They're big guys called the changeling, and at the beginning of the game, you roll a d3, and it's either going to be a troll, a minotaur, or an ogre for that match. Oh, that is the changeling. That is the changeling. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the team is playing in the fumble in the lockdown league at the moment. Um, I streamed coverage last night, I think, of that team, and it was great fun to, to see that. And the ninja team, I'm absolutely, I'm smitten by. So uh, my uh, my next few projects are probably going to be stuff for the the secret league, uh, getting ready for when we reopen um, the world and we can start doing some filming again because we need to finish off. Uh, seven super series and then I, i'm just gonna absolutely bully you guys into helping me film a couple more because they're <laughs> oh, i'm gonna be desperate to get out and play games so. absolutely i might just have to like send you guys miniatures and assign you a team to be like please paint this up for me <laughs> yeah no happy to um or you know find one for you to print ben and talking about printing how are you getting on with the 3d printer um right okay where do i start <laughs> yeah did you have a drink in hand to talk about it <laughs> yeah i need one um no it, it's fine it's fine it's just there's a learning curve to it well, actually no that's a lie i wish there was a learning curve to it because there's something to overcome it's <laughs> not the most reliable thing um there's things that you do right and then things still go wrong um so it's a little bit frustrating i've taken a mental break for a couple of days from it that's, um but i'm gonna go back tomorrow i'm gonna sort it out and uh get printing again because it's very 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 fun so very it, sound, it sounds very analogous to both actual life and Blood Bowl in that you can do everything right and things will still be horrifically wrong. Um, exactly that. It's, you... it's a Blood Bowl game where you roll ones <laughs> all the time. Than... It's all yeah. skulls. Uh, have you have you printed off anything that you're really happy with so far? Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I've, I've backed a couple of... Um, I've backed a, like a Patreon and they release really cool models. Um, it's called Titanforge. Um, this month they released a bunch of vampires and they've got like five zombies in there and it's starting to make me think i can make a vampire team with these zombies and oh, like astrals and then they've got like vampire lords in there so i'm actually gonna probably try and print a vampire team and there's there's i think five different zombie sculpts but because of the way the 3d print software it works you can just mirror them and so they look completely different when they're mirrored uh, um I'm, yeah. just, I'm just having a look at the titan forge page now uh, There's oh like a black coach in God, there, which that, is amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. The coach yeah. is amazing. The zombies are really cool. There's a lot of great stuff here, man. This is this would be very dangerous. Do these guys? Yeah. So, do these guys come supported or not, Ben? Uh, these actually do. Since last month, they support all their models pre-supported. So, I'm keen to get these done because these would be quite easy to print. However, I did try one before. One of them was absolutely fine, no problems. But the other one kind of died halfway through because the supports are so thin um so, you... so it's a little bit hit and miss whether they print but um, it's kind of worth it for saving supporting them yourself yeah so you're not not a hundred percent that this is good to go but still sounds like they've done a bit of the work for you oh, oh it's, 
Why, why, why do a Patreon hide stuff? How do you know that you want to pay I to know. get the stuff if the it's, stuff is hidden? It's my biggest pet peeve. I don't understand this. I mean, how much is a Patreon? Is it £10 a month or something? Uh, $10 a month, so yeah, not even that. Oh, I've seen these models before. You shared this Yeti thing with yes. the horns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll make a great before yet. I think in the current vampire one as well, there's like two golems, which will make amazing flesh golems. Flesh golems are quite good. I've seen they've they've done good work in this tournament, and also a turn counter wizard's tower. Man, that's really cool. So yeah. uh, you will all know that Ben has a 3D printer now. It's the resin style, and Ian Triplo, um, another one of our local coaches, has picked up the other kind, the plastic one, and uh, he's been doing some printing as well. Um, yeah, no, I'm quite impressed with the level of detail he's managed to get with that printer. Uh, yeah it's good um he's really working hard on it isn't he he's printing loads of upgrades and things oh yeah i love the fact that these 3d printers print out their own accessories to make <laughs> it better like anyone who's watched stargate uh, sg1 this is like the replicators it's it's terrifying but also <laughs> it could lead to have great great models for the entire team yeah they've got supports and stuff on there very very cool there's the the yeti uh yeah it's interesting right we're in a really strange place now uh, where you can buy the STL files, and I'm hoping that as they get better, it's going to open up more sculptors to do things. Uh, and this is an open shout out to there. If you've got some STL files of Blood Bowl stuff uh, that you want to promote, then drop us a message because uh, as we go through this age, especially in the lockdown, people are leveling up their sculpting skills, and um, you can just sell the STL file, and you don't have to worry about production costs. You don't have to worry about getting stuff cast up. You literally just digitally sculpt something and uh yeah you get it out there and there's a team so i'm not surprised we're seeing so much of this uh 3d printing stuff now let's close that down because i'm getting quite distracted um <laughs> they're, they're quite affordable too i mean they're about the same as like an airbrush and a lot of people have airbrushes in the hobbies so like in this hobby so yeah um it's they're, the they're, they're pretty accessible. it's the work though that scares it me it is the work yeah like um i mean sam have you ever thought about getting a 3d printer and living the dream uh, a couple of times i just I, it's not that it's too complicated it's just that i think it's there's a lot of learning to do i think ben is that right yeah again it's there's a lot of learning and then even then it doesn't work so <laughs> yeah just yeah. a lot of failing to do and it's such a huge time investment man it is a big time investment that must yeah. be absolutely soul destroying however it, it it's bound to be extremely rewarding when you sit at the end of it with a bunch oh, of stuff yeah. you've printed so um, uh, yeah, wicked. So that's that's pretty decent. Uh, before we wrap up and move on to our first topic, is there anything else anyone's been uh, playing or gaming or building or buying that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I wish, mm -hmm. but I don't think so. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> then I'm just going to mention Fumble again because uh, I had my first game with the Snotling team and I played against the Skink team from the Secret team. Now this team is very cool. The Skink team is barely a skink team it's more of a croxagor team uh four croxagors right four croxagors you've got regular skink as the lineman you've got two chameleon skinks and two red crested skinks which are regular skinks with dauntless uh they're amazing fun and um i, I got destroyed i made some bad plays and the trolls did troll things and it was all bad um it was all very bad it was only like two nil or something but you know it was still really bad and so many casualties got caused against me that the team i played against went straight to the top of the leaderboard um, <laughs> okay i've got my second match tomorrow uh i'm playing orcs this time so i've got two pump wagons and a splatter wagon 
So the Splatter Wagon's a slightly weaker version of a Pump Wagon. It's got movement six, it's a ball and chain, it's got strength four. Um, quite good. Three trolls, and then just a bunch of Snotlings. But I'm running such a low team value that I'm going to get like 300 inducements. So wizards, wow. much. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah, wizards and bribes. Uh, oh, actually, bribes probably. Uh, bribes are 100k. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the downside. <clears throat> but they um, get the goblin bribe price, do they? Uh, they don't, but they are the Stunty League style of secret weapon. So it's a 2d6. So it's not oh, guaranteed. I mean, yeah. I, th I think they're like a 6 plus or something, so it's not great odds, but there's always a chance. I was thinking more for fouling, to be honest. In the Stunty League, surely fouling's <laughs> the best way to remove someone from the pitch. <laughs> uh, well, the pump wagons are strength 6, ball and chains with movement 4. So uh, they can just kind of steamroll through stuff. So I'm planning mm. on at some point setting up the trolls and the splatter wagons uh, and the and the pump wagons on the line and just trying to murder orcs uh that's just that's all i want to achieve um and the the pump wagons are really really interesting design they're they're edge one which is awful but they've got extra arms and nerves of steel so they're actually doing ball stuff on a four plus oh, that's so strange <laughs> yeah odd uh because there's just because the idea is there's loads of snotlings inside it so yeah. They just nerves of steel. They ignore everyone because there's so many of them to catch the ball. Uh, so hand off to four plus, and then you've got this strength six ball and chain, just plowing down the field. That's my cunning strategy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. the ball, ball and chain. Let's just put it on there and drive down the end of the pitch. Uh, that's it. As soon as I've done that, I'm going to uh, declare myself uh, moral victor of the tournament. Um, <laughs> it's the equivalent of claiming Australia in the risk. Uh, <laughs> it's like done. Didn't Sorry. Yeah. D didn't you play against a Four Nations team as well? I haven't, but I did cast a game with the Four Nations team. Uh, oh, I thought that played. was you playing. No, 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 no. I do not want to play those guys. Uh, they, <laughs> they are they're two and zero as well now, Sam. They are they're doing real good. Um, oh. They beat Matt Matt Matt's BBL's uh, elemental team in round two. Uh, destroyed him, I think, two or three nil. Um, they turns out they're just really, really solid, and being able to avoid being blitzed because they've all got nerves of steel and dump off, it is actually as useful as you think. Uh, yeah. Two, three times a game, it stops you from getting your ball carrier sacked, uh, and then they just human linemen stat it into the end zone. Uh, they, it's a strong team, uh, but everyone is clamouring, Sam, because it's the only team in the entire like secret league that you can't get models for. No one has done oh, rugby models. You know what? <laughs> I tried and tried and tried to find some uh, for the Secret Sevens you were doing. Yeah. But I really wanted to find some uh, rugby minis, and there's none. There just I, isn't. I've, I found like a, a dead forum post from about 10 years ago from some chap <laughs> in, uh, in the UK who used to do them. Uh, but following the link took me to a, you know, a 404. The, the oh. website didn't exist anymore. There was no email address. It was... Yeah. Oh, it was so, so maybe if there is anyone out there who is an aspiring digital sculptor, we want some rugby player miniatures. Um, Absolutely. Because uh, Wales, uh, Wales likes rugby and it likes blood bowl and i reckon there's a there's a market right there uh, yeah absolutely uh rob the to was straight away was like i would love to play this team on tabletop but there's no miniatures um so yeah could be could be really cool uh and when games workshop releases croxicles i will be getting four of them uh so i can run that horrible overpowered it's not really overpowered uh skink team 
that is uh, two and O and at the top of the leaderboard now. So yeah, really, really cool, really interesting. Uh, if you're missing some blood ball, missing some sports, then uh, come on, join, uh, have a look at our fumble league. Uh, right, it's going to be time now for Wandering Monsters with Sam. Are you guys ready for this? So ready. All right, yeah. we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we had Sam on a few episodes ago to talk about corn, and it was actually a great episode uh, with a really great team. I recommend you playing some corn. Um, but I don't know, we were talking about coming on the episode or before the episode or on the episode, somewhere around the episode. Uh, we were talking about wandering monster rules because Sam had this idea. And um, he went away and wrote some rules for it. And we've been waiting a few weeks to get him on the show to talk through them because Blood Bowl, it's a sport. It's played because the fans love watching Blood Bowl. They love the spectacle. They love the blood. It's almost Roman Colosseum style, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that vibe a lot. Yeah. And what is more Colosseum than random animals and uh, monsters jumping in and just maiming people? So Sam has got some very cool rules together for Wandering Monsters. I'm pretty sure the older Blood Bowl elements in Dungeon Bowl did have rules for Wandering Monsters. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how yours come up against it, Sam. So... Uh, Sam, are you ready? Are you, are you okay to just talk us through step by step? So start off with the the beginning, the premise, and we'll we'll just start yeah. pestering you with questions. Okay. Um, so I think first of all, you need to know how the monster starts on the pitch. And I thought a cool way to split it would be actually. I think this is courtesy of Rich. I think he um, he uh, gave me the idea. Mr. But, Saxby likes his crazy rules. Exactly, yeah. Um, so either it's played in a stadium or it's played on a field. Um, the difference being, obviously, the stadium is walled, so the monster can't you know, just wander onto the pitch. <clears throat> so Rich said, what about you know, using the two trap doors that are on the pitch? Oh, it's a great brilliant. idea, I think. That is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I suppose my first question then is, if you're playing in a stadium, do they have walls? Like, do, can people still get pushed into the crowd, or is it they just penned in? Because it'll be harder for the monster to harder for players to escape from the monster if they can't <laughs> escape through the walls. I meant more sort of like, uh, you know, a stadium is is walled at the end of the day. The monster can't wander from outside the stadium inside. Oh, the players I've can still get you. surfed off the pitch. I've the got monster, you. The monster, you know, can't get in without a ticket. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that is so very blubble. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love that. So they're either coming through the trapdoor or they're wandering on from the sidelines. Yeah, so I figure trapdoor, it's up to you guys which one, whether it's the home side or you just roll off to see which trapdoor it comes on via. Mm -hmm. um, the field is a bit different. I thought it'd be cool for it to wander on the pitch via one of the sidelines. Yeah. As if, you know, you, you've started playing, this monster has seen all the players playing Blood Bowl and thinks it's next time. I think there's actually a Bob Bifford cartoon in one of the Spike magazines or something where he's uh, watching the game and just loses a rag and jumps into the pitch. No, it's on Blood Bowl 2, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, he loses his loses his rag and just jumps into the pitch and starts maiming players. That, that's, <laughs> that's basically that, right? Yeah, exactly. Is this in the campaign? Is I think it is, yeah. I haven't either, but Rich was talking about it a while ago. And I thought it was a very cool element. Um, so yeah, with the deciding whether or not you've stadium or field, once that's out of the way, down to the actual rules of 
the monsters. So I figure the monster can be picked from what like any of the list of big guys. You got rat ogres, ogres, uh, minotaurs. Minotaur is my favourite. Just oh, because, Minotaur should uh, be your favourite. It's the best of the big guys. Exactly. I mean, Frenzy, Juggernaut, Horns, Wild Animal, uh, you know, monster blitzing all over the, the pitch, messing up everyone's plays. Sounds like great fun. <laughs> it's a very thematic game. I'd be up for that. <laughs> I know you did put a note in there that maybe not Tree Men. Um, yes. However, uh, I think if it's thematic, you know, if you're playing a Wood Elf or Hobbit game, I think having a Tree Man as a wandering monster that just... I don't know. Not necessarily appears on the pitch from a trapdoor, but actually, it's it's a tree man. It could have they could have just been had a tree on the pitch, or he could have just been like uh, rooted in place <laughs> from the last game and just yeah, unreal. And he just it's activates cool. and goes trolling. And yeah, it limits the impact because obviously the tree man is is smaller. But I think I think go for it, man. I know you were like, I don't yep. know if you use the tree man, but definitely use the tree man. And that's because I like tree men almost as much as I like minotaurs. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to limit anyone and say don't you can't take tree men, but at the same time, if you take a tree man, what are they movement three? Uh, no, two. Two. They're movement two. <laughs> they're not. I don't think they're going to be impacting the game a big amount. They're probably going to create you know a pocket of the pitch where everyone avoids a walking terrain. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think I'm a big fan of terrain in Blood Bowl, so I don't know. I think it's a great element. It might just be a more gentle element and. Uh, I've played many games where I'm trying to stay two squares away from tree man. <laughs> that could be the uh, third pitch type is the forest where you just have a bunch of trees and then it randomly one awakens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you're talking. I like that. It's not just one tree man, it's two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I... D3 tree men come to life. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that rules text. D3 tree men. Like, boom. There's a team for you right there. Okay, cool. Uh, so, um, next. So, up. yeah, what, once you've chosen your big guy, um, I think the first most important thing is they lose their nega trait. No more bonehead, really stupid wild animal, because they're not trying to play Blood Bowl, so they're not paying attention to the rules of the game or what they're supposed to be doing. They're there to maim. To maim people, yeah. Yeah. Um, they lose their nega trait. It makes it a bit more fun, I think. There's there's less risk of it just being boring and doing nothing and not hurting anyone. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think in something like Dungeon Bowl. Uh, if you're going to use the confines, it, I mean, Sam, you've been there, you've lived through this. Uh, <laughs> the the prospect of having a monster, you might get away with this for a second. It might bonehead and you mm. escape. I think that kind of uh, anxiety is appropriate in Dungeon Bowl, but on a pitch, because of the theme or the design of this, yeah, I think you're bang on the money. I think uh, we don't want to see a troll just wander into the pitch and stand around scaring at the sky. This troll yeah. is here for a reason, and it is to uh, physically troll players. <laughs> particularly with the troll because he's really stupid exactly it's, it's a 50 50 for him whether he does anything you know mm-hmm. um so yeah pick your monster uh disregard their negatrate i think the monster should get a turn to itself so the way i've worded it is the monster moves after each of the kicking players turns so whichever half it is it moves basically it has the third turn in that in that drive you know yeah no that makes a lot of sense uh <clears throat> it fits in with the way a lot of a lot of games play where they've got a random element you know mm-hmm. it's the end of the round isn't it it's the end of the round yeah uh we both take a turn then it's the end of the round and the monster does things or monsters do things exactly uh movement uh i've gone d8 for direction so it's very random you don't know where it's going to go raw d8 it moves its full distance <clears throat> and if it comes into contact with any player then it immediately stops and throws a block as if it's blitzing kind of like the fanatic yeah yeah, I've got, I've got 
one point i suppose to talk through this i like the way that it's doing a random direction and i like i think 10 out of 10 it blitzing the player it runs into what about instead of doing the d8 because it might just kind of run off and narrowly wander through two uh like two bit you know groups of players why mm -hmm. not just uh maybe do a do a d uh like a d a d2 for one end zone and then it just blitzes the closest player that direction towards the end zone so that the closest player on that side of the pitch versus the closest player on this side of the pitch from its point maybe because you might miss it or do you think that would cause too much carnage um i think that you end up with people saying these two players are equidistant who's going to get blitzed mm. yeah. i don't know um, <clears throat> That's a, that's, I like yeah, that over being less random because, you know, like I said, if it's there to cause mayhem, um, it won't be just randomly running around in circles. But I don't know of a way to do it fairly. Yeah. But then again, having uh, having essentially a ball scatter that stays in place as a strength five mighty blow player is not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> still. And if you're, if you're moving, I mean, the troll is the slowest. Well, okay, the tree man's the slowest, but you know what I mean. Big guys mm -hmm. are, are moving three, four, five. It's quite a distance. Um, there's, It's a huge like area of effect. There is a chance that there are going to be a couple of players in there, mm -hmm. and that's going to mean that one, two, three out of eight is a player is going to get blitzed. That's probably, that's probably good balance yeah um that's that's battle i have a movement um so what do you think d8 or d2 or some other way flip a coin um i think stick with stick with your, your d8 theory yeah. I, I like it i think um I think there is a valid kind of fluff reason that actually the troll or the minotaur is going to run in. He sees a whole group of people. He's he may not even be running at the closest player. He may be running mm -hmm. at something else, distracting him. Um, yeah. You know, uh, someone in the crowd yeah. with a laser pointer is going to run off in that direction yeah. and then get distracted again, or you know, something. I can see it being fine. Yeah. Uh, but also as a coach, um, I you open up the pitch for play at that point. Uh, because mm -hmm. instead of right, there's a minotaur there. There, there is now eleven squares, eleven by eleven. I need to stay out of, or I'm going to get assaulted by this minotaur. <laughs> it might be like I'm going to try a running lane down there because you know, all right, we're going to be, you know, if he rolls three out of the d8, like I'm going to get plowed into. But if not, I might be all right. Then you've got moving terrain, and moving terrain is. Uh, uh, even, even more interesting. That's, that's very yeah. zinch. I'm feeling very zinch today. Um, uh, the other reason I wanted it to be quite random is because otherwise, you know, coaches can game the system. Uh, they can game it. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they know that it's got to go for the nearest player, so they feed it a snotling. You know. Oh yeah, the old uh, the old zombie trick. Um, um, but I think that's about it for movement. Um, blocking, so they can never receive assists on a block. Yeah, um, yeah, fair standard. enough. It's, it's a neutral party. Yep, but third party tackle zones still cancel out assists for the defending player, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, so, like, it's if they're receiving a block, but they're in an opponent's tackle zone, they can't assist. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So, if, if, if one of Ben's players is on, is distracting one of Sam's players, it can't help Sam's player defend against the rampaging ogre. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I think that's very appropriate, and quite frankly, makes blocking easier to add up i think yeah uh cool no i like that sam 
Yeah, uh, after the block's resolved, monster's turn's finished, no remaining movement can be spent. What do you think? I, I don't like the idea of it being able to then move more and block again and nah. it, like, like a fanatic does because it, then it gets quite complicated, I think. It's there to plough into him and just... Yeah, I yeah. think that's bang on as well. I think that's really good. Um, if the monster begins its turn in base contact with the player, it will instead block that player rather than D8 movement. Yep. Makes that, an awful I think that lot of sense. Helps avoid any kind of um, dodge rolls. Tackle zone dodging. Yeah, mm. dodge rolls. Uh, if multiple players are in contact, it's randomly determined which one will be blocked. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Especially if people from opposing teams are both adjacent to it, because then you don't know who's going to come off worse. It is more fair. And also, then you've got the. It takes away that fluff element because different monsters are going to do different things. I can see a Minotaur trying to tackle the biggest player there because mm. uh, it wants to have a brawl. But at the same time, I think a troll is just likely to splat the closest, weakest thing. So I think just keeping it random, hey, you don't know. This player is clearly drunk and enraged. Uh, it's doing whatever it wants <laughs> to do. I think I think the less logic applied, probably the better. A question regarding that and regarding the movement. Um, will the monster follow up automatically? Obviously, one with Frenzy would. Yeah, I think they should, providing they have the movement left. Because that would be paid for in a blitz, wouldn't it? Mm, that's interesting, actually, because there's two elements to this. If you always follow up, that player can always get up if it isn't dead, obviously, and just tags that big guy out. If the, player, if the uh, big guy doesn't follow up, then somebody has to actively base it to to pin it in place, which to be fair, yeah. if a player's been knocked over, it's just gonna stand up and then you've got the opportunity of moving that one square. Um, I don't know, definitely something to consider. I mean, obviously Frenzy, you have to automatically follow up, but it might be worth considering. Um, ooh, I don't know, actually. Is there a, a way to randomize it? I, I, it'd be just that I'd just be you know, flip a coin whether it follows up or not, but. Hmm. I don't know, there's, there's good elements on both sides. Uh, yeah. I would probably say Frenzy has to follow up, but otherwise they don't follow up. They just run up, smack the player away into the ground, and then start looking for their next target, which means unless someone comes in and distracts them, they're going to rampage off in a random direction the next turn without without uh, kind of being pinned in place. Ben, that's a like really, that. really good point, yeah. actually. Really good. It hadn't even crossed my mind following up. Uh, that's, the, that's the danger of group thinking yeah. rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's going to be stuff thrown out. I do have another one to add. Uh... And, but I think go for your next point first, Sam, because it, it kind of ties into that. Uh, the monster cannot choose to not block, even if it is facing an uphill block. So, you know, you, the Minotaur is up against an ogre who's got a line beneath the side of him. He's randomly selected the ogre. He's got to go for it, even though it's too dire uphill. Yeah, he's picked a, he's picked a bad fight. And um, then you've got here next, if the monster begins its turn uh, prone, uh, it will still attempt to blitz as described above. Uh, but um, I, I think paying the price for standing up is very, very fair and very, very, yep, I think that's yeah. normal. Go for it. This was going to be uh, my question. Linked into movement. Um, would the monster go for it if there was a target in its path? As in, it needs one more square to guarantee a, a blitz against someone. Oh, you know, one, two, two squares. Mm. Um, I think one is fair. Yeah. Two is, I don't think two is, because that's forcing it to roll. Oh, two wouldn't work make... anyway, because it wouldn't be able to blitz at the end of it. Oh, true, um... yeah. Yeah, I think one is fair. If it, if it can make the blitz with one go for it, then it has to. It's... Uh, I, I, I like that. I can see... Uh, I can just... I can see the enraged player just pushing himself and going down. Yeah. 
It adds an extra die roll and it adds an extra element of uh, excitement, I think, for the players. Um, kind they... of safety as well, right? <laughs> Sorry? Kind of an element of safety. Like, just like, oh, they could, they could still survive this. Yeah, let's bait yeah. him a little bit far out of reach. If he's going to go for it, he has to go for it to attack us. Uh, we can't, yeah, it's like red flagging. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought that might be quite interesting as well. Yeah. And again, go for it is not a thing that I don't even cross my mind. <clears throat> It's something that fails a lot, so uh, definitely yes. something to consider. <laughs> cool. Uh, that's, I think that's it for the basic rules, really. I've got some other rules here, uh, but that's like the basics of you know, the, the monster's mechanics, how it works, how it runs. Um, I, I like it. Ben, any, any other questions on the, the core design of how that would work on the pitch? No, I think it's good. I think it's very easy to follow, and again, like... I don't think there's any arguments there, which is very important in Flipper, really, to try and avoid arguments with you. Yeah. Um, it's very just cut and dry, this happens, which I really like. Yep. Yep. Like that as well. Okay, Sam, carry <clears throat> on. Okay. Um, so, other rules. This is more sort of tying up loose ends kind of thing. So, uh, first point if the monster ever leaves the pitch, you know, it's, it's, it's got a random direction of movement, it might be carried off the sideline. The team's are safe for now. Uh, but the monster isn't going to wander away. So on the monster's next turn, it arrives back on the pitch from a square left, using the rules for a throw-in, basically, but replacing the 2d6 with his movement. So you pay the first point to come back on the pitch, then randomly d3 uh, d3 the yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and can still, and still blitz. blitz. Yeah, I like that. May I, I've got a suggestion on this one as well. Why not yeah. have it just stop on the sideline? And if the monster ever starts to turn on the sideline, it moves in via the scatter template because what that that could create a situation where the big guy rumbles on, avoids the players, lands on the sideline, and then you know it's in Ben's backfield, and he's like, "Do I take the crowd push here? Do I try and push that mino off the pitch? Uh, not necessarily have it come back on, but actually I can push it into the crowd now. You get the player to have an extra, uh, an extra kind of." Uh, thinking point, an extra decision point there of uh, do what? What do we do? Do we do, we, do yeah. take that blitz? Um, and also, it will be easier to remember uh, by well, it'd be easier if the guy stays on the pitch than to remember where he exited from a whole round of play, because I can never remember if my opponent <laughs> used a reroll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I quite like that actually. So it stops before it goes off the pitch. Yeah, and turns around, yep. and then uh, if he's still on the pitch next turn, he comes on via scatter template instead of the D eight. I prefer the scatter template because it, it kind of it keeps him in the game as opposed to because he might run up and down the sidelines, you know. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, no, I, getting... I I agree. He turns around and rampages back into the middle of the field. Yeah, um, should be a good um, way of keeping yeah keeping the action on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, that's it for that one. In the event that it could, in the event that it leaves, so, so I think yeah, I think you're right. If it it can't leave the pitch, then it won't leave the pitch by choice. Unless it's, yeah, unless it's shut down. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other point is, monster has no hands because it's not interested and does not understand the game. Uh, so it can never pick up, catch, intercept the ball or bomb. It's far more interested in maiming the players. Oh, Ben, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't want it to pick up the ball. It's a monster. Ben just said it. It's more interested in killing everyone. From a game design point of view, I think it runs way smoother if it doesn't interact with the ball at all, and for all yeah. intents and purposes, has no hands. Uh, but the the narrative in me loves the idea of that rampaging ogre running in, 
scooping up the ball, and now he's got the ball. <laughs> and you, yeah. and the teams have got to try and wrestle it off him. <laughs> yeah, I just think that's absolutely brilliant. I just, I don't think it's going to come up very often, and I think it would create a heck of a story if you're playing this game, you're playing in a coliseum, and because you're playing in a coliseum, it's uh, you've rolled a, a, a random monster and you've got this ogre. Uh, it's the coliseum's home ogre, and uh, he swoops in, grabs the ball, and just plays keep away. Uh, <laughs> for the rest of the half, I don't I know. Say that. I'm fully on board with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the great thing about big guys is they, generally speaking, have poor agility. So the the rules, it's the, it's not likely to happen at all. Uh, but I think it's more fun than a blitz, right? And I think I think there's always worth considering that when it comes to blood bowl rules. Is is it more or less fun than a blitz on the kickoff yeah. table? Uh, I feel like that's a pretty decent low bar. But yeah, I don't know. That's what I, just my thought on that is that uh, that really peed off sideline guy <laughs> jumps into the pitch, comes in, smashes a guy out the way, grabs the ball, and then it's just like Jason Statham-ing, uh in the middle of the field. <laughs> I think I think that's just so blood bowl. <laughs> so you reckon it can interact with the ball in every way, or just pickups, or maybe just pickups? <clears throat> yeah, because I can't see it leaping to intercept the pass no yeah no, i agree i yeah. think i think if that if that rampaging dude uh comes across the ball on the floor i cannot see it not wanting to just swoop it up and go for a brawl um yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay we'll change that and the monster doesn't gain no hands <laughs> it just will never it will it will always try and pick up the ball uh but that's it yeah can't catch can't intercept but tries to pick up the ball and also what i would say is that it doesn't cause a turnover for the monster if it tries to pick up the ball and fails yeah um, that's fair again it just it's not that fast it's not going to stop what it's doing to try and catch the ball it's just going to swoop as it moves if it doesn't catch the ball never mind carries on with its rampage yeah i, I don't know <laughs> just seems no, like entertaining that. and uh like something that would bad and happen in my game uh, <laughs> um next point yeah what do we got I've got the monster should never dodge because it will block as soon as it makes contact rather than trying to pass by a player. Is that fair? Very much so. Very I much so. I think that clears up that clears up the terror of the monster tripping over yeah, the tackle zone and then, and then spending the rest of the game on its back. Basically. And also, you save die rolls. So if the monster starts in base contact with the player, you don't need to roll direction. You don't need to worry about movement. You just literally mm -hmm. go straight to the block and then go back to the player's turns. I, I think. I think that's fine. Unless it's doing something particularly cinematic, limiting the die rolls, it's like uh, Ben's obsession with click numbers. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you happy with that one? Very much so, yeah. I like that. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> I think this is the last one on the other rule section. So we've got at halftime, the players reset. And the monsters had ample time to wander around the pitch. So I think roll a D8 and 2D6 to determine its location on the pitch at setup. Because the players have, you know, they've left the pitch, <clears throat> had their halftime oranges, and the monster's done a little bit of wandering around while they're getting ready. They come back on and it's ready to go. How do you feel about that? I guess it depends on the narrative of the monster. If I, I don't know whether, uh, well, I don't know whether the referees would move off an angry player uh, at the end of the turn. And what happens if it starts on the line of scrimmage? I think it could be quite disruptive. I'm not sure. Ben, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, well, you mentioned disruptive, but then after, like, I had the same thoughts about it, picking up the ball, but then you convinced me otherwise. So. 
I um I I have got a point actually a bit a little bit further down about the monster being on the line of scrimmage. Oh okay. Let's uh, so, let's 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 skip to that bad boy. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got it down right at the bottom under final points. So for every new drive after the first, the monster may already be on the pitch, even on the line of scrimmage. Teams will kick off as normal. The monster doesn't count towards the minimum three players on the line or maximum two in a wide zone. So it can be on the line of scrimmage. It's gonna it's gonna it might mess up your formation, but at the same time, your opponent's gonna want to face off against it. I love that. I think it's just absolute carnage. Uh, I yeah, that's I, I think that's good. I think it's fun. I can see a referee sending off a player, but then if it's a if it's a stadium owned player and he's there because he's either angry, they're not going to stop him. They're just going to have to play on, or yeah. he's sponsored by the Coliseum and um, exactly like a like a house robot in Robot Wars. Okay, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, there's a house robot in Robot Wars. It's just there to cause carnage for the teams, and the crowd are going to love that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Right, we really need some giants here. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, we must have been going for about an hour before I mentioned Giants, so I think yeah, that, yeah. Record, yeah. all right, that's uh, achievement. Oh no, no you said him Legends of North. You did mention Giants mm. and Legends. Yes. Of North. <laughs> oh man! All right, maybe it was just six minutes. That's, that's sad. <laughs> so that is sort of the rules of the of the player of the monster. Yep. Uh, I've got a couple of questions down here. If you want to spitball ideas, dude. Yeah, I like these. Go for it. This is this is, so, this is interesting. The first one is: Should there be a bonus to winnings for teams who choose to play with a monster on the pitch? So this is kind of what you were saying about the house robot thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> Greece's gold tooth owns the stadium. He's funded this troll to come on. Yep. And the fans absolutely love it, and it packs the stadium out. Do the teams get more cash for for playing with the monster? I yeah. absolutely agree. Yep. Yeah. Now we yeah. do a very similar thing in Wobble, where if uh, if coaches roll around in stadium and they use a stadium, uh, they get 10k extra winnings. Kind of danger pay. Um, you know, they're playing in an uncertain place, they've got the danger. I can absolutely see uh, a bonus tithe being given to the teams here. And you could even mm. rank it like with a with a CR rating of the uh, the wandering of monsters. The monster. Yeah. That's a that's a good idea. So, you know, you can have uh, you can have a fanatic you know, maybe that's an extra 10k. There's a fanatic wandering around the pitch. You know, Minotaur, that's 20k. Giant, 30k. Uh, pack of rabid dogs, a chainsaw player. I don't know. You can you can judge the CR rating possibly based on the player cost. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think it would incentivize people to use it because they might be hard up. They might need money. They may not be able to start a Blood Bowl website to get subscription funds by doing things on Cablevision. But... Um, they might be able to play in a Coliseum Blood Bowl match for an extra 30k. And by the way, there's a giant. Yes, another, <laughs> another giant. Two giants. 40k. Uh, <laughs> Two trapdoors. Ignore the Blood Bowl. Just get all giants on the pitch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, it's an interesting way to put it into a, a league. And um, mm. definitely <clears throat> incentivizing this is wise. Um, and it's incredible what coaches will do for that extra 10k to buy the apothecary that they really should have started that game with. <laughs> well, I, um, I hadn't even considered tearing it, to be honest. Well, now you mention it, obviously, it makes sense. But... Oh, I'm just thinking yeah. of the spreadsheet, Sam. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, will surprise nobody. Uh, you could literally just make it as easy as 0 to 100k, 10, you know, up to 200k, 20, up to 300, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, could incentivize 
that for house robots like it right what have you got next uh so do players gain spps if they manage to kaz a wandering monster so you you you've knocked it down broke its armor scored a 10 or 11 and it is for all intents and purposes dead normally if that was an opposing player you'd get your two spp do you still get that do you get more ben what do you reckon hmm yes Yes, yep. I think. I think they still they're still gaining experience from it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still gonna take it down a monster is no like easy feat. So I just think you should reward that. You're gonna encourage it, incentivize it. it yeah, I I I'm gonna level this one up. <clears throat> I would say, and uh, then you guys, I need you to rein me in here because I get a bit excited with these rules. What if 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 a player casualties the monster? Now that's standard casualtying but that also includes chainsaw and crowd pushing if a player as a player's action results in the house monster being casualtied they just straight up get an mvp no casualty because then you balance it for the yep. ogre mighty blowing versus the cheeky goblin going up and fouling with the chainsaw. It doesn't matter that he does something epic. He slays the monster. And that's why I reckon, I reckon it should be straight MVP. Obviously, tiering may change that one way or the other. But straight MVP for killing the monster. Uh, he's come to kill your monster. <laughs> I really like that, actually. Uh, is that the only mvp or does the team gain an additional mvp that player for that player player straight up he gets the mvp for taking out that monster again it incentivizes running this crazy nonsense but also it really represents that that player has not done anything good as far as blood bowl is concerned but <laughs> you know spps represents a player's confidence growing and as a player's confidence grows his natural talent is revealed by stat ups and level ups right the mvp the crowd loving that player of taking out a taking out the monster taking out the the minotaur taking out the you know whatever i think mvp and it also keeps the record books real easy for a league guy it, you yeah know, uh and it, it makes it fair because then a bomber could do it uh the only difficult question would be if an ogre was to throw a snotling at a monster and kill the monster who would get the mvp <laughs> i mean i don't know there's there's some it's not it's not as clear cut as it should be, but someone <laughs> you, needs an MVP. <laughs> you've had a little bit of time to think about this, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I've really I've really liked the MVP idea. I think it should Love be it. an additional MVP. Were you saying it should be instead of? No, no, like no, no, they no, no, no. get the MVP. Uh, no, that guy who does the thing gets an MVP in addition to the game. Good. MVP. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Because then you can also level it up one way or or, or the other. You could say that a minor you know stadium person doesn't give an mvp but a big guy does and a really big guy gets two so it again it, it then adds that extra element of uh, i actually yeah. do quite want to spend my time taking out this guy because yeah uh, i'm going i'm going for the xp here like i'm grinding uh <laughs> killing these monsters and also it, it i don't know it will inspire you to foul the monster where you might not bother yeah yeah and it'll, uh, it'll let you compete with the other player as well they're both going to be wanting to kill it. Yeah, it becomes like yeah. a, getting Big that dungeon crawl. Yeah, mon just, Monster Hunter just had, on the Blood Bowl pitch. <laughs> I just had a thought, actually, when you mentioned fouling it. Can yeah. you get sent off for fouling the, the monster? It's not a player. So... Mm. Mm. No, I don't think so. No? I don't know. Ben, what do you reckon? Ooh, maybe, uh, see, if it was 
I mean, what happens in Robot Wars when they take out the house robots? Um, I don't think that, bro- that, that robot gets an MVP. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like literally nothing. That yeah. they just gets pushed down a hole. Uh, Would they get rewarded for destroying the stadium's prize monster in such a disrespectful fashion? Uh, <laughs> don't know. I think the crowd would love it enough. They yeah. probably would, wouldn't they? I mean, we've all we've all seen Gladiator when Maximus uh, beats yeah. the heck out of the old lion guy, uh, true, yeah. and the Joker leader man is like, "No, kill him!" Um, and obviously, <laughs> we all get built up for a very exciting slave rebellion that never happens. But I still like that film. Um, yeah. So to to answer your question, Ben, if you were to foul a guy, would the crowd be disrespected uh, only if the slave revolt didn't happen? <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so yeah that's the that's next episode will be uh, inciting slave revolts in blood bowl um, <laughs> and then the economical impact of such a thing um that's actually not a far stretch for the podcast that is not that is not that is going to be like in the 70s we're going to be talking about the psychological makeup of players so your goblin was it a was it an only <laughs> child um, did it have a big family you know how does it feel about the color blue i can see this being a massive d66 book um, oh, there you go. Take it. take that, rogue trader. Uh, okay, I I went wide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring bring me back on course here, Sam. Uh, I think I think we've covered everything. Uh, the next point was going to be should the tree man be left out? We covered that earlier. Yeah, D three tree man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get them all in. in. In addition to the monster, yeah. Yeah, D three tree man. In addition to the monster, everyone gets a free chainsaw, uh, <laughs> and uh, tree beard is triggered. Uh, as soon as one goes down, and he's a giant tree man, and uh, you're not really playing Blood Bowl anymore, so everyone gets a wizard too. He's uh, <laughs> opened Warhammer all Yeah. Turn to page 37, deployment. Uh, hey, I get my slave revolt. That was wicked. Everybody, everybody's happy. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the, the, the only other one was the should monsters have to dodge? I think we cleared that up. No, because mm. it's always going to block. We did. Cool. So, Ben, uh, Sam, anything else we've, we've talked through here that we want to add? before we kind of go into our final thoughts on this insanely brilliant idea. No, again, I think it's really straightforward. And I'm really fond of the idea. I think it's actually easier than stadiums in terms of like bringing an extra element to your game. It is. Um, it brings to keep track of. It's the, same, um, it's the same rules, isn't it? The only thing you're yeah. doing is rolling a D8 to decide where he moves. Otherwise, everything else is just using the same mechanics. That's, yeah, exactly. That's that's good design so i'm going to uh going to do the classic bonehead thing and ramp it up a notch what if your stadium big guys or whatever uh accrue spp themselves oh so the stadium you know you, you as a club you've got 2d6 or you know like a d16 stadium list and each stadium has a specific set of monsters and uh they get spp in league format from the casualties uh, that they accrue and over time they level up and get worse and get more fame i just i just love the idea of uh oh good we're playing in the stadium with the minotaur that's got claw uh <laughs> i just think that's quite cool because then you could also sell old big guys to coliseums uh and yeah, um, yeah now we're actually in blood bowl economics but i like the idea of making a profit building up these star players and selling them into uh brutal slavery apparently i'm not sure i'm I'm, i think this is definitely the game for me 
Uh, I don't know. I just I, I like the idea. We've got NPCs here. Let's with a very small amount of work, you could help build character with them. And and quite frankly, I don't know why uh, you wouldn't start off with the with them having, you know, an extra skill or something because it just adds that identity. Uh, but maybe it's because I I really want to watch Gladiator after I've watched Starship Troopers. Uh, I've got a busy week here. I think. <laughs> Um, if I'm right, in, in, the, in the stadium rules, uh, team can actually purchase a stadium, right? Uh, yes, for 250,000, 350,000 or something. It takes a lot of gold. You can buy so, it in installments, but it still takes a lot of gold. Let's say you've bought the stadium. Do you then have to pay for the monster? Ah, uh, yeah, I think, I think your agreement, I think what you said at the beginning, Sam, of if you and the coach want to use a wandering monster, you kind of look at yeah. getting extra gold and just decide it on a basis by basis factor. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, in that case, I don't think they should be able to accrue SPP. Yeah, it does, I, th- does take away the identity a bit. I just yeah. got I just got excited at the prospect of house robots, and it made me think that <laughs> you know in Robot Wars you didn't have the same robots every time. You had the different ones, and they rotated in, and it was uh, it was quite quite interesting. Anyway. I, I, I love the idea. If, if if the league has its own couple of stadiums that everyone is allowed to use, and they don't belong to a team, then and the commissioner is happy to run an SPP table for his own just, big guy. Just like the idea of an Albion League, where the different Fenbies get different skills as they murder people. <laughs> uh, this could be quite entertaining. And then taking out that infamous Minotaur to get that MVP just seems like yeah. great fun to me. That is that is brilliant. So. Uh, Ben, what what are your final thoughts on Wandering Monsters in Blood Bowl? Uh, when can we start including them in the Wall League? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great shout. Uh, I would, I, well, I suppose my question to both of you is: Do you think Games Workshop will put rules like this out? We did it's, see the Slave Giant. Yeah, it's not beyond the, like the spikes usually have quite fun rules in this regard. So uh, we talked. Did we talk? We talked through the um, the. The leagues, the special league, uh, special league formats, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, we did. Yeah, this could be another one of those elements. And yeah, like Sam said, they brought in the giant. I actually can see them doing something like this, uh, not necessarily just as a way to sell models across the ranges, but I think it just gives players an opportunity to do extra modeling. Um, they've done that with the giant. I could see them doing that with more monsters and wandering monsters and something like this. They had the rules in Dungeon World back in the day, like probably before you were born. But um, maybe before I was born. I don't know. When was Dungeon Ball? I think Dungeon Ball was 89. So I was one. So success. Uh, but yeah, they had the rules for it. I can see Games Workshop doing something like that because they introduced the... Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it again. They introduced the giant into Underworlds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Games Workshop just loved that giant model almost as much yeah. as I love the idea of giant players. Uh, can, can we get a counter? from now on every time you mention a giant yeah it just pings like cinema sins i could i could probably do a counter on obs actually <laughs> so it's love the sweet ding giant ding. Uh, yeah maybe i no, maybe next time we do the, the, do the episode i'll just have to donate five pounds to charity for every time i mention a giant <laughs> uh and then tiff and i would be homeless so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could live underneath all my giant models uh <coughs> which of which I've nearly painted my giant, so that's cool. I'm going to be finishing oh, that this fun. week because I've got this week off for leave for my birthday. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that when I'm not playing and 
streaming fumble. Sam, I uh, love those rules. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I guess if I had one thing to add, it would be, uh, can you come back in a few episodes time with uh, rules for traps and stadium miscellaneous? Because I think, uh, I think it fits in real nicely to a kind of Blood Bowl Coliseum effect. And uh, I know there's some of our listeners out there that are going to listen to this and just absolutely go crazy brewing rules. So, guys, if you're out there, drop us a line with your monster ideas, your wandering monster ideas, because it's not just the player types. There are a lot of models out there in Games Workshop land uh, that would make sense to be included in some kind of monster that invades the pitch or evil Colosseum owner has it. I mean, not just bubble players, but I don't know, dogs, dinosaurs. I don't know. There's just a lot that could be done here to add that yeah. Colosseum element. Um, I think uh, I think it's a great bit of design space uh, for modelers and for absolute homebrew rules, guys. So yeah, Sam, brilliant. Thank you so much uh, for bringing that to the show, and I really can't wait to see what our listeners think of that. Are you happy for me to share the uh, rules in the kind of linked into the show notes? For the guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if they need a little bit of touching up because we've discussed some bits, and they might want you might want to uh, yeah, <coughs> change. Be change some bits here and there we've got a few bits i'll add i'll add the notes as we've discussed them uh so yeah, yeah. Sure. wicked cool so guys let us know what you think and uh, we're going to talk about some more blood Bowl crazy rules uh, in just a moment so we talked about rules for adding extra monsters and bad guys neutral villains neutral additional players to the blood Bowl pitch now we're going to talk about adding additional players to your blood Bowl teams so this is something that uh came out of discussion i think on the discord uh and uh rich was talking about it as well around about adding an extra element to a team it all started with uh several players who run humans moaning about not being able to take a halfling for the yoga to throw and it got it got us thinking and then we put a post out in our discord and on uh, all the social media channels to ask the question if you had a wild card slot on your team what would you take on what team and by a wild card slot what i mean is that you're building a team and there is a 0 to 1 x player and that x player can be any player in the game not a star player just any other player How, what would you know what would you take so guys before we even get started talking about how this breaks the game what player would you take on what team with your wild card slot i don't know sam you got any ideas uh yeah absolutely i do because there's one player that <clears throat> i would love to induce on any team and it's the gutter runner Oh, I genuinely thought you were going to say Bloodthirster there. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was going to get around to that one. Uh, I mean, okay. I've got, the, I've, got the, I've got the corn crew here uh, tonight. Assuming, so, Assuming no one's got 300k to drop. Is it 300? No, 200k to drop for them. Oh, he's, he's only 160 or something. It's 180, I think. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Um, That's worth at least an MVP uh, in the Coliseum. I'd probably, I'd probably take dwarfs with a gutter runner. Oh, d see, I want to ban you just for the theme of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, do you also not want any friends, Sam? That... <laughs> Fluff-wise, yeah. it's yeah. hideous. Thank you for it's not disgusting. saying ward answer. That's, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, no. Our listeners are going to appreciate that as well. No, That's a grudging. <sighs> yeah, that's a grudging. <laughs> but they're fine with Skaven. Just come on in, raid the basement. No problem at all. Uh, ben, how about you? What would your pick be? I like the idea of a werewolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got then like a super fast player 
because moving eight's good than any team. Mm-hmm. Pretty durable. The frenzy is quite aggressive. I think he's always going to be a threat. And it also gives you a bit of toolbox there with regards to claw. So um, yeah, I think all of those. I mean, I, no one's going to be surprised when I say minor tour to every team ever, just because uh, adds adds a bit of spice. But the community came out with some really cool ideas. Uh, we saw big guys everywhere, which really loved. Uh, someone said uh, the wood elf tree man onto the halfling team. Uh, so I can have another tree man, which, you know, I like that. But also secret weapons were a really popular option. And then obviously you had some power gamers saying my Amazon team really needs a war dancer, stuff like that. Um, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of fluff elements and there's a lot of gameplay elements. So mm-hmm. what I'd like to do with you guys is just kind of just chat about the impact it would have and whether it's uh, whether it's a cool idea or a terrible horrific idea uh, like the community seems to feel about introducing the OP snotling team um, so I don't know if uh, if I want to trigger everybody quite so deeply but I think it's important because the whole idea of this is in the blubble or fluff uh, things happen and different players go to different teams we've just you know, coronavirus has ended everything. So this year, I finally paid attention to the uh, the NFL um, draft. So they get their new players, they do the free agency, they trade players, and it adds that really element of oh, that guy's going to that team. That makes that team very different now. And it made me think introducing uh, you know a, a halfling to any team. You know, uh, so I suppose my first question for you before we do the reasonable talk is all uh, alignment. So Sam immediately went there with the gutter runner, which I would probably say is the second best player in the game after the board answer. Yeah. Um, would you apply some kind of alignment rule, uh, either using like the bonehead ball uh, kind of alignments of lawful, neutral, chaotic? Uh, so I, I had an idea about this. <clears throat> I wouldn't prohibit people from taking stuff outside an alignment whatever the alignment structure was, however, yeah. you, uh, however you set it up. But anyone who was outside of your alignment would gain the animosity rule. Interesting. So you could take a gutter, uh, but I think it would have to be like a... So animosity affects you as the animosity player giving it away, doesn't it? Okay, also, sorry, everyone gains animosity against anyone who's not their own alignment, if that makes yeah, sense. So yeah, the dwarves like, wouldn't want to hand it off to the gutter runner either. Yeah, like super loner. Um, essentially yeah uh, yeah definitely uh definitely a point there ben what do you what do you think about that with regards to the uh the alignment element of it i i think i think it's quite important to maintain that fluff and uh, so i quite like the idea of having alignment although i'm not sure how it affects the balance like would some alignments get kind of access to a better pool of players than others um that is a Interesting point. I think what what it happens then is you get War Dancer as the pick for the good guys, and you get the Gutter Runner as the pick for the chaotic guys. And that that you know, all right, there's the uh, the werewolf in there as well as as a great choice. There are lots of great choices. There are loads of great 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 choices. Um, but yeah, the alignment is definitely something to to consider. And we're going to bounce back to uh, balance and how it affects the the meta in a moment. The, a couple of other questions were, what about if it was just only linemen you had access to? Would it still be an exciting prospect? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Having like edge four mm-hmm. players on a team which normally wouldn't have access to that is big. <clears throat> yeah, I think you'll see a lot of uh, I don't know, uh, pro-elf linemen 
on dwarf teams. Yeah. <laughs> just for the edge four. Yeah, just just yeah, here just yeah. here to break that fluff element, Sam. That's really useful. <laughs> but no, I did you know what? I did wonder if that would be a, a a useful way to kind of identify the fact that uh, a halfling would be available rather than a tree man. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a very very good point. <clears throat> That said, my next point is, what about if it's only big guys? Uh, <laughs> the big guy allowance is pretty tricky, but it, it, I don't know. I did not like that. But uh, so many people uh, commented on big guys being taken um, that it made me think, actually, should it? is this something that could be considered as just only big guys? But then, I, I don't know. I don't know. So let's, um, let's talk. Let's, let's do real talk here. And I'm going to summarize what you guys have said into two separate camps here. There's the narrative camp, and then there is the gameplay balance, CCG element of list building camp. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we'll go straight to the power play. So what what does this do to the meta if you say that every team is allowed a wild card? Uh, and this can be in league, this can be in tournament, you know, whatever you guys think. Just what do you think it does to Blood Bowl, uh, the, the balance of Blood Bowl? I think it really does quite shake it up. I think we're, you would often see the same type of player get chosen a lot. It will be like, I actually kind of think it would almost mess it up a lot because you'd have to deal with every single team's ward answer, for instance. You know, you'd always have yeah. to kind of tailor your list expecting that player to be there because everyone's going to want to take it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like mm. having the... Um, the always the must-have pick, especially if it's a tournament play, because then you'd get most of the must the must-have players. How do you feel about that, Sam? Uh, I think I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of teams, especially with the big guys, a lot of teams were designed, I think, with that in mind. So there's teams that don't have big guys, uh, dark elf, pro elf, high elf. Yeah. Um, I mean, dwarfs have got a death roller. I don't see them taken that often but if they were given the option for an ogre they might take that instead because it's not really set off that's the worst thing um, about the death roller that really winds me up it's such a cool idea for a player but it's just undertaken because it's garbage for the same price as an ogre uh yeah. it's only on there for like four turns absolute frustrating anyway that's, that's <coughs> um aside. and yeah i think, think ben's right it'll really shake up it will shake things up at first until everyone decides this is the best big guy that every team should take so I like what you guys have identified here that it does change the meta and would lead to uh, lead to an element of solving the meta. Um, so I mean, I don't know if you guys are actively involved in uh, any kind of uh, CCG or TCG or element of anything where there is a, a fluid meta. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So Magic, for example. Uh, they release a new set, the old set goes away, the, the parameters change, and then there's a frantic few weeks where people are trying to solve the best choices and the best brews. Now, that's something that we've talked about loads of times because mm -hmm. we, we love it for Bonehead Bowl. Uh, having half the team and half the team and having that restriction actually does make the team building element really important. So it's not just I'm going to add a war dancer to my dwarf team, it's I'm going to add a war dancer, but I also have to add 210k's worth of wood elf linemen. Uh, it adds that real build tax which makes it interesting and kind of I say it adds an element of balance it adds an element of choice tax i guess mm -hmm. so you guys think that for, sorry ben go for it i was gonna say we did try this in um beachhead didn't we we had the uh, fen beast oh, i love kind of wild card player uh, and not yeah. every team took it uh no it was i think a little bit less than half 
um, yeah. which quite frankly I'm quite happy with as a stat point of view. But uh, yeah, it was basically everyone can take this troll thing um, because yes, I believe that every team should have a big guy because it just adds an element of randomness uh, to it, which which I like. Uh, but um, what if we? What if it was toned down then? What if it was only a lineman choice? Or, uh, you know, a player of 100k or less. No, because you'd still get the gutters in there. Um, yeah. I, I, I think there's, there's, there's the side of power play where, yes, you might end up playing very samey teams. But mm. is that not... Do you think we'd just see the Tier 1 teams get more Tier 1? I think you would. Yeah. I, 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 I really like to think that people wouldn't abuse it, but I think it would be abused. <laughs> I think Blood Bowl is slightly different. It's it's a lot less um, sort of power gaming than yeah. other like tables at war gaming, especially the first time I ever went to throw in the skulls was mm. a real eye yeah. opener. Blood Bowl's not really like that. Pe- people take you know people take goblin teams to the tournament for yeah. poops and giggles, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It definitely ramps up that competitive um, list building element a little bit more. Uh, and it's just just really interesting to consider because you kind of want to use that slot to add something that's missing to the team. And when you're adding something uh-huh. that's missing to the team, it's brilliant. So uh, with the guys who are adding secret weapons to theirs or recommending an extra big guy or a big guy to a team that doesn't have a big guy, it, it adds something that the team doesn't have. And I think it's it does increase the power level of that team slightly. But I don't think it intrinsically unbalances it because those players all have negatraits. So secret weapons mm. have secret weapon. Big guys all have negatraits. And yeah. it kind of adds that element of, yeah, my team's better now because it's got a minotaur, but my blitzes are going to be less consistent. It's a, it's a risk-reward element. I guess <clears> when you open it up to the just standard players, you're right, guys. I, I think you do just end up leveling up those consistently powerful teams and they yeah. just get better. I reckon you'll see people. I reckon you'll see um, dodgy dashing teams will take a chaos warrior kind of thing, mm. and slow bash teams will take a war dancer or a gutter runner. You know, they'll they'll try and offset their weakness with something like that. So this is my big question for for this segment. Then, why is that a bad thing? I kind of want to add sound effects right here because yeah. it's, a, it's a big question and you know I just heard a thousand NAF players scream internally um, but yeah why is that a bad thing say you had a limited environment either you're running a league uh, or you're running a tournament and you allow this wild card and you accept the fact that the uh, the pay to win element I guess uh, the list building element becomes a little more powerful. For me, honestly, I think the biggest thing is fluff and narrative. I, I feel I, mm. I feel like I'm a narrative guy, and I, I just don't like the idea of you know you're you're facing your your opponent's dwarf team, and then they've got an elf on there. It just feels wrong. It feels, you know, it's interesting that, went like that it's interesting that that doesn't really come into it as much with the big guys, does it? Like, uh, no, it's you, weird. If you yeah. had a dwarf team with a minotaur, would you go, whoa, minotaur, that doesn't make any sense? Or would you go, I wonder how that minotaur ended up playing for that dwarf team? I'd still question it. I think yeah. 
<laughs> I think dwarfs, uh, ogres, fine, can go anywhere because ogres famously, you know, man eater, mm. mercenaries, mercenaries all over the world. Yeah. Um, I think minotaurs would be limited chaos type teams. There's your alignment rules there. So yeah. I, I guess my question really just focuses around uh, if you open up the design space, the, the list building space for the players and intrinsically increase the power level, you know, would you, how would you feel about that meta of Blood Bowl? Because it ramps up the difficulty and it ramps up the drive. It's like uh, taking, I don't know, kill team and taking your kill teams up to 500 points you know it, it really it must say that's that's exceedingly extreme but you know what i mean like uh yeah. it's like a professional sports team without a salary cap um or it's quite frankly like playing blood bowl with unlimited skills not unlimited skills but you you, you see what i mean you're ramping yeah. up uh the base power level of the teams and uh i'd be really interesting to see you know what teams got better so say you did open up this rule and you had a tournament or a league where you had the wild card slot available what teams do you think would get uh in what teams do you think would see the biggest improvement i think like you said before the tier one teams i think it would be a win more kind of situation i don't think some of the lower teams would benefit that much like i think a stunty team with one really good player is still a stunty team yeah it's it's not going to change much. You just take out the player and the team is still a stunty team. But you have a tier one team who already do play play bubble really well. And then you've got one player to just feel that small one thing that they might not be doing as well. Yeah. And they're just going to win more. Takes it from one. It. Sorry, Sam, go for it. I was going to say, one, one uh, matchup which I, I haven't seen anyone uh, recommend yet is Kemri with an undead mummy. So you've got five... Tomb Guardians, essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that list. Uh, <laughs> um, my Bonehead Bowl team was a Kemri undead mix with six mummies. Uh, oh. Yeah, mighty, mighty team. Uh, I love that team. <laughs> but again, that's it. I mean, it's interesting that the, the introduction of one unlimited player to a team feels more overpowered than being able to mash two teams together. I mean, that might just be my rose-tinted glasses, because obviously Bonehead Bowl, which is unfortunately going to be postponed until after the apocalypse. Um, you know, it, I don't know. Do you guys think it... What do you think the difference is? Or do you think there is a difference between the wildcard element of one player and the minimum player restrictions of the Bonehead Bowl build? I think the restrictions actually made it more balanced because you mm -hmm. you can't just take all the best of one thing and then fill up with what you need which i think the wild card does a bit more than a full mixed team a mixed team forces you into you've got to take some of this and some of that yeah yeah i mean we kind of saw that for your hangover bowl ben didn't we um yeah, we did, yeah. where not to four positionals uh, and you've got to take at least three from each team it, it didn't necessarily restrict the builds there was a billion builds to choose from but it stopped you from just taking everything that's great and leaving the rest of the chaff so the, the bonehead bold list where you've got to take four players from a team yes you can take four of the best players from each team but good luck affording anything else um yeah. and i think that worked out quite well whereas <laughs> whereas yeah just taking a start from another team and adding it to the team to fill in a gap or just win more um it just it makes yeah, I think you're right, guys. I, I think it just makes that... It's almost like the tier 
gets squared. So the gain of the tier one would be greater than the gain of the tier yeah. three, which is yeah. exactly what you guys said. Uh, so I think we're all in agreement here. We should be limited to uh, linemen and big guys. And uh, yeah, job done. No, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, I I just I just I love the idea of changing up the meta, and I think Games Workshop seem to be working towards that, much to the detriment of decades of um, basically static play, but introducing the new positionals introducing new skills and new teams we're going to find ourselves exploring a meta now as a community and as a competitive community and we really don't need to wait if you want to run a tournament or run a league where you can introduce rules like this you have to make sure that all the players understand that this is not the standard blood bowl meta and i think we've done a good job with that with bonehead bowl um because it is what it is and it's quite I don't know, it's probably not balanced. I mean, Ben, your troll list was probably not what I would call balanced. But it was uh it was on a it was kind of like a, an open acceptance of this is what's occurring and just applying a little bit of something too powerful would be would be detrimental. Yeah. I'd be interested one more, more point with this. I'd be mm. interested to see what would happen if you had a pool of players. So you had either like two or three like types of linemen and they're just like you know, fresh face recruits are basically journeymen and you can just take one so if all the teams had access to a very restricted pool yeah wonder well, what that would when you say restricted do you mean like there's like you have you three dark a elf or a dwarf or ah, okay so a restricted choice not a restricted uh, amount um yes yeah sam sorry i was gonna say i i've been talking about that i just got me thinking what if the uh you know the commissioner at the start of the season randomly rolls a few linemen or a few players and then basically have a draft and players can you and but you, you know if, if he rolls you know one dark elf lineman two dwarf linemen and a um you know skaven lineman those four players can only be bought once you know what i mean so yeah. the players can't the coaches can't uh just buy you know i want the elf lineman because that's going to suit my yeah, teams play style. And if you did it in reverse, grabs. if you did it in reverse tier format, uh, the goblins and the halflings would get the first picks. Yeah, <laughs> so they would get the uh, the war dancer or whatever was in the list, and uh, the humans and the the elves may just end up given the choice to take a halfling or a, a human <laughs> lineman or something. I don't know. That is a, that's a really interesting interesting point there, Sam. Actually, having some kind of draft element or balance element. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Sam, what about this? Tier 1 can take players that are up to 50k. Tier 2 can take players that are up to 100k. And Tier 3 can take players that are up, that are just unlimited value. <laughs> so your human team can take a player of up to 100k. And everybody knows Wardancers are a billion. So Wardancers would only be able to be elected by Tier 3 teams. And Tier 1s would probably end up taking nothing but maybe an extra stunty player to give them that little dodge element or a chainsaw or something. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you're playing Wood Elf, you would take the Halfling, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then we've achieved what we wanted to do, which was uh, add an extra element. And I don't think, I don't think Wood Elves are going to, um, I think they are absolutely going to benefit by having a throw teammate play, but I don't think that's going to be a significant, <laughs> uh, that's going to take their win percentage from 100 to 101. Uh, <laughs> interesting, interesting. 
Um, cool. Well, thanks very much for chatting about that with us, guys. And uh, listeners, please, we do absolutely want to know what you think because uh, we enjoy exploring Blood Bowl and finding different ways to play because uh, it's a great game. And if there's some things to do that you can shake up the meta and just play a different version of Blood Bowl, hey, that's why these secret teams are so great. Uh, seriously, everybody, go on Fumble, play the secret teams. There's like a billion. It's great fun. Um, they're all almost what you expect, but slightly different. So yeah, guys, thank you very much for chatting uh, with me about that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. That's cool. Uh, we will, in fact, wrap up the episode here. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please, if you're not already doing so, follow us on our social media and um, subscribe to us on YouTube. We put all of our content up on there. There's uh, gameplay, there's streams, there's fumble coverage. Uh, there's whatever crazy nonsense uh, Ben and I come up with on there as well. So Roster Rumble came out last weekend and hopefully we should have another episode for next weekend. So get your rosters in for that. And uh, if at all possible, please subscribe to YouTube because we're up to 993 subscribers and I really would like to hit that thousand mark because um, that would just be a massive win. So yes, Ben, Sam, thank you both ever so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Anytime, every time. And uh, guys, thanks very much for listening. And we will see you in a week or two weeks. Take care of yourselves and uh, let us know what Blood Bowl you are up to. See you later. Bye.